0: This is Hear Me Out. I'm your host, Celeste Headley. The British royal family was once the center of the Western world, but even for us Americans, you can't deny their influence and thorny legacy. After all, we just celebrated the 4th of July. Today, the royals are more of a sort of tax-funded Kardashian clan. It's more about the drama for most of us than it is about any illusion of real governance. The persistent royal drama of the moment is between Meghan Markle, Prince Harry, and their estranged family across the pond. The tabloids remain vicious, and Meghan is constantly receiving racist, sexist, and violent
1: threats. So the question we pose today is, why should we care? When we see racism and sexism in the world, why would we not speak up? When we're confronted with it, why wouldn't we say something? I think we all should do that for each other. Kristen Minder joins us to make the case for caring about and defending
0: Meghan Markle. Stay with us. And we're back on Hear Me Out, a podcast from Slate. I'm Celeste Headley. And look, on its face, today's topic might seem like an outlier. We tend to talk about pretty consequential topics on this show. Politics, identity, economics, parenthood. Maybe you don't care about the royals. Maybe you live in the States, so the king's expenses are not covered by your tax dollars. But let me remind you about this show's name and ask that you hear us out. It is very easy to assume that the business of being rich and famous has nothing to do with the rest of us, normal people. But that's not really true. At the time of this recording, Meghan Markle and her family have been trending on Twitter for weeks. Weeks ago, it was because of the sudden demise of Meghan and Harry's exclusive Spotify deal. And now there are headlines about their appearance at uh, Fourth of July festivities as the prince continues to fight to bring his lawsuit against Rupert Murdoch's media empire into court. But even as the subject matter ebbs and flows, there is a sustained level of vitriol that doesn't seem to change. Vitriol that has targeted Meghan since she joined the royal family. It comes in the form of racist attacks, sexist innuendos, and tabloid headlines based on rumors and gossip and sometimes outright lies.
1: The UK is not bigoted. The UK press is bigoted, specifically the tabloids. But unfortunately, if the source of information is inherently corrupt or or racist or biased, then that filters out to the rest of society.
0: And if a member of his family will comfortably say, we've all had to deal with things that are rude, rude and racist are not the same. Even if you don't think you care about the royals, and that would include me, consider what has happened here. A woman of color joins a prominent family and is immediately placed under constant and vicious scrutiny. And often, so are those who defend her. One of the people who has been harassed by the anti markle camp is Kristen Meinzer. She is a culture critic and hosts many podcasts, including one called The Daily Fail. And she's joined us on this show before. But today she's back and she's here to make the case for caring about and defending Meghan Markle. Kristen, welcome back. Thanks so much for having me back. So you're going to have to convince me that I need to care about Meghan Markle. And that I should be defending Meghan Markle, <laughs> even though even though I agree with you that many of the attacks are are racist and awful and defamatory and all of those things. I totally agree. But I'm outraged on your behalf because it sounds as though you have been targeted
1: Um, every time you have come to Megan's defense. Is that true? Oh, absolutely. There are haters who slip into my DMs. There was a book called Courtiers uh, in which the author actually misquoted me and misidentified me and included me in the book. There are people who have tracked down my home address and sent threats to me, Um, all because I have gone so far in news broadcasts, in my own podcasts, to talk about how Meghan Markle is treated unfairly in the press, to talk about the misinformation, to talk about the overt, as well as the thinly veiled racism that she has faced by the tabloid press, but also just in general. For example, Megxit. Why is the decision of the Sussexes to step away always blamed on the woman? Why are certain things that are happening between Harry and Meghan always spun in such a way where Meghan caused it to happen. So this isn't just about rich people in a castle. This isn't just about multimillionaires and aristocratic families. This is about bigger questions about sexism, about racism, and what we're willing to say publicly about women of color in the press speaks also to what we think about them privately. Do people who defend Meghan who are
0: not either women or 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 people of color also get doxxed
1: and attacked? Yes, absolutely. One of the people who receives a great deal of, Of abuse is Omid Scobie. He wrote a book called Finding Freedom. He was the chief royal correspondent for Harper's Bazaar. He writes for Yahoo now. And some people say, oh, he's just in Meghan and Harry's pocket. He's always defending them. And the kinds of attacks that he receives, verbal in his DMs, otherwise, he and I have talked with each other, it's just part of the job. The job that he and I do comes with the understanding that. We will also get abused for pointing out factual errors, for pointing out double standards, for pointing out the fact that the tabloid press, which celebrates Kate doing certain things, will eviscerate Megan for doing those exact same things, for wearing a certain color of dress, for wearing a certain type of shoe. They will accuse Megan of... Uh, going against protocol, of uh, being disrespectful to the institution, of in some cases causing climate change, of working with terrorists. And if Kate does those exact same things, then Kate is celebrated for those. And I have contributed to articles and in Insider in other publications where we have taken stories and put side by side, this is what they say about Megan when she's doing the same things that Kate is doing.
0: Okay, but... Uh, you know, I would say that this has been something that has been talked about for a very, very long time. I mean, I feel as though we know this, right? You know, there was a South Park episode in which, you know, the joke was that <laughs> Harry and, and, and Megan moved to South Park, this tiny little town, um, to get away from all the press. And then they start holding up signs and bullhorns and saying, we demand our privacy, <laughs> And making all this noise, saying we demand privacy, pay attention to us, we demand privacy.
1: We want privacy! We, we want, want privacy. privacy! We want privacy! It's the worldwide privacy Come on. We want- I- I'm just going to interject here, Celeste, and say there's a difference between invasion of privacy and choosing to tell one's own story. Choosing to shape the narrative to tell your side of the story is not the same thing as having your phone tapped. It's not the same thing as people hiding in your bushes with long lens cameras trying to take pictures of your baby. It is not the same thing as trying to pay off members of your family to tell your secrets. That kind of invasion of privacy is absolutely not the same thing as saying, I would like to express how I felt during a certain moment, or I would like to tell you how things played out for me, the person who walked through that experience.
0: Is that different than what, uh, you know, somebody like Scarlett Johansson faces? Don't they also uh,
1: follow other uh, celebrities around Oh, absolutely. There is always going to be a fascination with celebrities, and they are going to be followed around. But this is not anywhere near the same level as what Meghan has had to face. What Meghan has had to face has been on a level that she never imagined. She already was a minor celebrity before she married Prince Harry. She starred on a show called Suits, she'd been in a number of movies, and she knew that. The scrutiny and the attention would go up maybe 10 times more, maybe 20 times more than what she was used to. But there were people breaking into the set. There were uh, whole levels of security that had to be brought in that had never been brought in for a royal girlfriend or royal fiancé before once Meghan entered the picture. The interest in her and the scrutiny attached to her was on a whole other level. And, you know, part of that was because... She was American. Part of that was because she was divorced. Part of that was because she was half black. Part of it was because, God forbid, she was a self made multimillionaire, which the aristocracy is completely the opposite of that. You inherit your money, you don't make it, right? It's not a celebration to have made your own money. In the US, we love saying, I made it myself. In the aristocracy in the UK, that's not something to be praised or to celebrate. There are a lot of reasons why interest in her was higher than in any other royal girlfriend or bride. But that level of attention, just to go back to your original question, uh, was obviously greater than Scarlett Johansson will ever face and greater than any other royal girlfriend or bride ever faced.
0: Okay, so, but to continue this, this line of thought, on my part, wouldn't it be best for them simply to fade into obscurity, right? Like, couldn't they simply uh, disappear from the headlines and become a reclusive couple and like, like do their own thing and? and oh not- my gosh,
1: Celeste, I think you know just by the way you're framing this question that that is. Absurd. <laughs> I guess, that is absurd. I guess so, you you yeah. cannot disappear if you are the Sussexes. There is no way to just go to the grocery store and not be photographed or noticed, regardless of whether or not they use their HRH titles, which at this point, they don't use HRH with their titles since they stepped back. But regardless of whether that is there, they will always be Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. There is no way to hide who they are. That will always be who they are remembered as in their obituaries, that is going to be the opening line. This is the prince, this is the princess, this is the duke, this is the duchess. There is no way to escape that identity. That is always going to follow them no matter what. And as far as, you know, making a living just like a quote unquote regular person, I mean, is Meghan Markle going to work in a grocery store No, there would have to be like an entire staff of security guards surrounding her at all times if she was going to work in a grocery store. Same with Prince Harry. Working those kinds of jobs, how long would it be before they were threatened verbally, physically, or even assassinated? I mean, think about the abuse I get just for correcting the record. Um, What are they going to deal with if they have a quote-unquote regular job? They can't do that. They are already members of the entertainment class, if you will. Um, Megan was already an actress. Harry and Megan have already given speeches, hosted podcasts, hosted TV shows. They can't just hide. They can't just (laughs) like, I'm gonna stay in my basement now. They just can't do that. So your argument here,
0: and, and please correct me if I'm mischaracterizing it. Your argument is that I should care about the way that the media is treating and describing, covering Harry and Meghan even now, all these years since they got married, since they had children, um, since they decided to leave the royal family. Not only that I I should care, but that I should, if the opportunity arises, that I, as, as a woman, as a woman of color, should defend Meghan. Is that right?
1: Yeah. And and I'm not saying that Meghan does everything right. I just want to make perfectly clear here. I do not see Meghan and Harry as gods. I don't see them as the epitome of what we should all aspire to be. I don't think they do some dumb stuff. They're humans. They're humans. And in a lot of ways, they are out of touch. Harry doesn't have a last name. I mean, he is not like us, Celeste. You and I, the struggles we have faced in our lives, the things we've dealt with are 100% different than anything Harry has ever had to deal with. Um, Or for that matter, what Megan probably has had to deal with as the daughter of an Emmy award-winning lighting designer. I mean, she grew up in a certain kind of lifestyle that probably you and I will never quite be able to relate to. So, I understand people's tendencies to think, oh, why should I care about them? Why should I care about these rich, out-of-touch people? And to that I say what I said earlier, what the tabloid press, what the media more broadly says about these two and particularly about Meghan is reflective of what they think more broadly about women, about people of color about people of different classes and so on. You mentioned at the top that I host a show called The Daily Fail. And Mm -hmm. in that podcast, the reason I started it was originally because I was so irritated with all of the dog whistles and the racism and the sexism directed at Meghan Markle in the tabloid press. But what I came to realize very, very quickly was this didn't just apply to Meghan, it applied to all women. They are misogynistic, they are xenophobic, they are racist, they are ageist, they are anti-fat in how they frame all of their stories. And if we let these tabloids get by with this kind of framing of stories, even if certain facts are correct from time to time, but if the framing is completely filled with hate and the so-called facts are acquired through invasions of privacy, isn't that a problem that we should all care about? Isn't that something that affects all of us in how the news is being fed to us, how information is being fed to us, and how ideals and values are being fed to us? I think that's something we should all care about. Okay, so we're getting somewhere pretty interesting
0: here and I want to I want to dig in, but first we have to take a break. I'm speaking to Kristen Meinzer who's trying to convince me that I should care about what is going on with Meghan and and Prince Harry. I'm I'm not quite there yet, but I'm ready to be convinced. We're on a podcast from Slate that is called Hear Me Out, and I, I am definitely hearing her out. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us. And we're back. I'm Celeste Headley. This is a podcast from Slate called Hear Me Out, and we're hearing Kristen Meinzer, who is, you have me intrigued here, Kristen. <laughs> I gotta say, I, I am ready to listen to this idea because you have me thinking here. I, I, I have to admit, I have Harry and Meghan fatigue um, because I, I'm so tired of hearing about what Harry and Meghan are doing. I'm tired of hearing from Meghan's very messy family. Um, I'm tired of hearing about who did or didn't talk about their baby's color, all of that. But what you're saying seems to suggest that by continually bringing these subjects up, by continually pushing these issues, especially forcing it in the discussion of the royal family, and by forcing the royal family to have to contend with it, it, it prevents the royal family from being able to let the, the press cycle die away so the subject can, can just kind of fade out of the headlines and they can pretend it didn't happen. Is that what you're saying? Like, like to a certain extent, perhaps this whole thing has been good for the royal family in that it keeps it in the public discussion?
1: Well, I'm just going to say this. It is a fact that interest in the royal family went through the roof when Meghan Markle entered the picture. In the lead up to Meghan and Harry's wedding, Survey Monkey and Vanity Fair did a survey. And 49% of Americans plan to wake up at four in the morning to watch that wedding. No numbers ever came close to that with any other royal wedding in history, including Charles and Diana getting married. 49% of Americans did not plan on getting up at four in the morning to watch that wedding. In retrospect, we see it as a very historic event, Charles and Diana's wedding. But yeah. The interest in Meghan Markle increased interest in the royal family overall. There were people around the world, and you can read editorials, you can listen to all the podcasts that cropped up around that time, people who didn't care about the royal family before then suddenly felt like the royal family was going to look a little bit more like the commonwealth you know most people in the commonwealth are not white they are not aristocratic they did not marry their cousin yes these are a lot of white cousins who married each other Uh, a lot of people in the commonwealth have melanin and frankly (laughs) megan marrying into the family Started to make the family look a tiny bit more like the rest of us, right? I mean, yes, she's a movie star and she's gorgeous and uh, her skin glows. I-, I wish I sparkled like Markle. I don't. But you know what I mean when I say she made the royal family look a little bit more reflective of the rest of the world and of the Commonwealth and of Britain itself. So interest went up when she entered the family. And it has never gone away since then. And that's why the tabloid press continually recycles these stories, continually finds new ways to attack Meghan. She is clickbait. And so they will make up things. They will invade her family's privacy to come up with bits and pieces that you can't really hang a story on, but they'll find a way to hang a story on. They know that the interest is high in Meghan Markle. But I think the royal family really blew it because they should have capitalized on that and protected Megan at all costs. When Meghan entered the royal family, suddenly, a lot of people cared about the family in a different way than they did before. They didn't just see the royal family as people in castles. They saw them as maybe a little bit more approachable, a little bit more relatable. And maybe, just maybe, some of these commonwealth countries that are predominantly black that have now announced that they want to Pull out of the Commonwealth, maybe they would have stayed around just a little bit longer if Megan was there. The timing is interesting. Megan steps back from the royal family, and then suddenly these countries speak out about not necessarily wanting to be a part of the Commonwealth anymore. And around the world, okay, more and I'm more not questions sure by
0: that, Kristen. Well,
1: around the world, I'll let you
0: f- let you finish. I'll let you finish. Go ahead.
1: Around the world, when Megan stepped back, There were more and more people asking questions about whether or not Charles and or William would ever personally apologize for their role, the monarchy's role, their family's role in the transatlantic slave trade. They were asking questions that should have been asked a long time ago, and those questions really came out in earnest once Meghan Markle stepped back from the family.
0: I mean, I think there's a lot involved in that. You know, I think that I do think that um, the royal family's handling and treatment of Meghan, in in addition to the allegations that over the racist discussion of their child, Mm -hmm. um, were involved. But of course, when Elizabeth stepped into the throne, that the the monarchy was very much involved in in an extremely racist empire. You know, I mean, there's a lot
1: involved. But but I and I want to be careful here. I'm not saying all of this is because of Meghan. I'm saying that the press coverage and the conversation around these issues uh came to the fore more once Meghan stepped back, once Meghan and Harry talked frankly about the royal family not complaining or explaining when they should have about racist attacks, uh once Meghan and Harry spoke about racist moments within their own family, once they came forward, then the press coverage, then the questions publicly started to come forward more. There were actually interviewers asking William for the first time, is your family racist? And he should have just said nothing, but instead he said, we're very much not a racist family. And that snowballed into even more questions. Really? Are you not a very racist family? Can we talk about the transatlantic slave trade? Can we talk about the Windrush generation? Can we talk about the Commonwealth? Can we talk <laughs> about, can we talk about, can we talk about? So in some ways, again, I don't want to give all the credit to Megan changed the World here, but she did by speaking up open certain doors to certain conversations. And uh, the press really jumped on that.
0: That I buy. I, you know, we, you and I both uh, have our all of you know our roots in, in journalism, and and Megan is the news peg, right? Yes. Like it can be a broader story, but the news peg is the reason why you're telling a story right now at this moment. Exactly. And and Megan is that news peg. Um, that I get. But what you're telling me is why she's important to the royal family in terms of driving clicks, in terms of driving interest in the royal family. And that, I I gotta say, for me is doesn't speak to me. Um, that doesn't make me care about Meghan because I don't care about the royal family. <laughs> so, so I don't care if people are interested in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, you know, I don't I don't care if people care about
1: them. I am gonna say first of all, you don't have to care about them. I'm not gonna try to force it down anyone's throats to care about the royals. But I will say that the royals are in many ways reflective of what we think, what we believe, what we value, and what our history is in terms of class and race and gender. And when we look at the history of colonialism with the royal family, if we look at the slave trade, as I mentioned, if we look at the fact that they don't have to pay taxes, that they are essentially The Pope, they're the heads of the church. If we look at how much power this one family has and we look at the fact that partly because of Meghan Markle, people are now asking questions that they weren't necessarily asking so openly before about whether or not this power is deserved, I think that's a great thing. And maybe the reason to care about the royal family is to care about how much longer they'll be around because there definitely are questions now. How much longer is this family relevant? Do they matter? And if they dissolve, what does that say about our current values and what does that say about our shared history? Because let's be real, they're our cousins. You know, I'm not saying cousins in the same way that we marry each other and we're all white like they are. You know, not like <laughs> Philip and Elizabeth. But you know, in some ways, our cultures are so related to each other. We revolted against them, obviously. Um, but then we also go back to them again and again, like Prince Harry's great great grandmother. Oh. She was an American. We keep going back to that culture. We are drawn to it. We consume their media and vice versa.
0: And I and I feel like there have been polls showing that there are um, that Americans are even more obsessed with the royals, in, you know, in some areas than many Brits are. Um, but I will say this: I'll tell you what I do care about. I care about progress. And I would love to see progress in the royal family and in those sort of kind of traditional values. And I wonder if when you talk about Meghan being good for the royal family, you know, the fact that Prince Harry has he's he's left the royal family, like the only way he could make this work was to leave. You know, he's married a woman of color, but he's not in the royal family anymore.
1: I don't think he had to leave. I think it was the fact that the other members of the firm decided not to protect them. They did not protect the Sussexes. They made a decision that that was too political to speak up about racism. And I see racism as a human rights issue, not a politics issue. I mean, it's arguably both. But to say that you won't speak up in the face of racism is a cowardly move when it is universally understood that racism is bad. That's why so many people, even if they are going to say something horribly racist, always open it up saying, not to sound racist, but some of my best friends are black. But um, because we know that you're not supposed to identify as a racist. We know that racism is bad. And yet the royal family, the firm, Did not speak up to protect Meghan and Harry, even though they have spoken up in many other cases to protect their own dignity, their own reputations, their own storylines. There is a long list I could name of all the times the other royals have spoken up to defend themselves over really dumb stuff. And racism is not dumb. They
0: couldn't stay, though. Doesn't that kind of mean that they couldn't stay? Like it, it was not sustainable for them.
1: Unfortunately, unless the royals were going to stand up and on the right side of history, you're right. It it was incredibly difficult for them to be there without the protection of the rest of the firm. Yeah, absolutely. Unless the rest of the firm did the right thing, and they didn't, yeah. But they absolutely should have. I think they're going to go down in history looking back at this time and think we should have done things differently.
0: Okay. So the royal family did not make it possible for Harry to marry a woman of color and remain a royal. Yeah. So it's like, here we are again, where I don't, it's like we haven't really made progress, right? The royal family doesn't have a woman of color in it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but I, but, but the conversations that have come out of all this, I I think are important conversations to have. They are important to talk about like, who has value in our society, who's worth protecting in our society, who is treated equally and who isn't treated equally in our society. And so I think these conversations are really important that we're having. And the royals can be a great jumping off point for that. Also, I just want to add, not all royals are responding the same way to all of these conversations right now. The King of the Netherlands put out a very personal statement the other day saying, I personally want to apologize for slavery, for my nation, for my role in government, for my role in the monarchy. This is the right thing to do. I, as a human and as a member of all of these other bodies, apologize. And so I think that the time is right for these conversations to happen. I think people want the royals to do better. And in some cases, different royal families are doing better now. So I'm keeping my eyes on the... You know, on Buckingham Palace hoping that maybe they'll eventually do better as well and maybe hopefully heal some rifts with Harry and Meghan
0: We're going to return to this argument that I should both care about Meghan and Harry, especially Meghan and defend her uh, I'm not fully convinced I feel like the tone of my voice it tells you that <laughs> but we will return <laughs> with my good friend who I respect deeply Kristen her, this is Hear Me Out I'm Celeste Headley, we'll be right back And we're back. This is Hear Me Out, a podcast from Slate. I'm Celeste Headley. And with me is Kristen Meinzer, who is doing a great job of making an argument uh, that I should both care about what happens with Meghan Markle in the press and among the royal family in the UK, and that I should defend her. So let me ask you this, uh, Kristen, because there are plenty of people who will say Meghan Markle knew what she was getting into, Right. You know, there were so many things, you know, not even the tragedy that happened to Diana. But then Kate, there was a lawsuit against an Italian magazine when they published topless photos of Kate. Mm-hmm. There were photos of Kate's baby bump mm-hmm. that uh, very much upset the royal family. Um, and so therefore, didn't Meghan know what she was in for? Why is she complaining now?
1: There's a big difference between photographing a baby bump and having a headline that is the least subtle dog whistle about having a niggling feeling about Megan. There is a difference between that and calling Megan straight out of Compton. There's a difference between that Mm. and equating Megan's charitable work with working class Muslim women as somehow helping out jihadists. There is a difference between that and a million other examples I could give that are overtly racist. Racism is something that we should be complaining about. This is not something that we should just say, oh, she knew what she was getting into. How would she know she was getting into that? How many other black princesses could she have compared her upcoming experience to? How many people could she have looked to and said, oh, that might happen to me? She went in knowing the risks based on what those risks were for Kate. Kate was probably her closest contemporary. Wow, Kate got photographed in a compromising position. And I'm not saying that's okay. It's not. But Megan going in knowing that is not the same as Megan going in knowing that she would be getting death threats for being black. That's not anything comparable at all. I'm sorry. Those are different worlds.
0: I mean, that's very fair. But does defending Megan help
1: your average black woman elsewhere? I am going to say that speaking out against racism is always the right thing to do. It contributes to a larger dialogue about racism. It contributes to our understanding of what's right and wrong in society. I am not drawing a straight line between you defend Megan and then suddenly all black women are treated fairly and equitably and no longer face discrimination. I'm not saying that in the slightest. But I think having conversations about people who are facing hate and facing discrimination, whether they're public figures whether they are fictional characters, these are all important for us to have better understandings of what is going on in the world, right or wrong. This is also why I'm a big defender in a prior episode I was on with you, Celeste, a big defender in pop culture being good for us, because a lot of conversations we have, a lot of empathy we have, a lot of understanding that we have of context of policy is oftentimes through the lens of pop culture figures. And Meghan and Harry, in addition to being royals, are pop culture figures. They just are plain and simple. And that's why they're in the celebrity blogs all the time, right? And so there's absolutely, in my mind, value to looking at what happens to Meghan Markle, how she's treated in the press. And maybe that will help some people to better understand what's happening to other black women in the world. Not on the same level. I'm not in any way just to be clear, equating multimillionaire Princess Meghan with what it's like to be a black working class woman in America. I am not. But it can be an entry point. It can be something that will get certain people to think that maybe they weren't thinking about before, to think about something they weren't thinking about before.
0: Okay. So we have just a few minutes left. And I want to get down to sort of maybe the nitty gritty here of what's what's really going on because you know so often if I bring this down to sort of my my level right so often if if I'm being attacked in a racist or a sexist way sometimes I feel like the nail that gets hammered is the one that's sticking out right so if I keep my head down I'm not gonna get pounded (laughs) so and people may feel the same way about Megan it's like girl just keep quiet (laughs) And this has been a common strategy among women of color, especially for a very, very long time. Now, you are saying to others, I want you to do the opposite on behalf of another woman color. I want you to speak up and be vocal and say,
1: absolutely not. Why are you saying that? Well, first, I just want to correct the record here. How often has Megan spoken out? How many times can you list? Maybe five? Five. She had her Netflix documentary. She had her sit down with Oprah. She accepted that award from Ms. Magazine a few months ago. How many times has she spoken up? Not that many. The press makes it look like she never shuts up because the press has 12 to 20 stories a day about her. She's not actually talking that much. There's a lot of speculation around her. There's a lot of blame. Harry's book came out and over a thousand stories were written in a matter of days talking about Meghan and what she did right or wrong. It wasn't even her book. It was his book. So just, you know, I want to set the record straight there that everybody complaining that Meghan never shuts up and she's always whining. You could count on one hand how many times she's spoken up. It's not that many times, honestly, Um, you know. So first and foremost, that. And then also, as far as defending Megan publicly, I'm not saying that everybody needs to start a blog or a podcast uh, or shout up from the rooftops or pay for a billboard saying defend Megan. I'm not saying that. But when we see racism and sexism in the world, why would we not speak up? When we're confronted with it, why wouldn't we say something? If somebody says something to us that is overtly fed by misinformation and racism, why wouldn't we say, actually, that's not true? Let me just set the record straight here. Let me just give you a couple of facts or let me share a story with you. Um, I, I think we all should do that for each other. And not just for black women, we should do it for anybody who is marginalized in this world, um, and even people who aren't marginalized if they're just being depicted completely unfairly. And I know sometimes it's scary, and sometimes it takes a while to feel like we have enough power where we can stand up for ourselves, much less for others. That can be a really hard thing to do, and it doesn't necessarily come immediately, and we're not all necessarily given that sense of power from the get-go, but if we have it, we should use it, right?
0: Okay, so this is a first on Hear Me Out. I do believe she's convinced me. I I think I've changed my mind. I think I care about what people are saying about Meghan Markle. I came into this conversation feeling I'm so damn sick of hearing about Meghan Markle. Can't she and Prince Harry recede into the shadows and go dark? And no, I, I think Kristen's right. I think what's been said about her, what's being said about her, is wrong and destructive to society. And the royal family blew it. They were unethical in the way they behaved. And I think we all should stand up and defend her. I think I'm convinced. I know for a fact that many of you have thoughts. (laughs) about Meghan Markle, about Prince Harry. And I know uh, many of you are not convinced by what Kristen had to say and either disagree with her or agree with her. So let us know what you think. You can email us. It's com. We require, if we're gonna share your thoughts with others, that you be respectful and we know that you will be. Hear me out at slate.com. So last week we had Gio Mar on the show to present a case for insurrection being a force for good. We got a lot of letters from you about that. Here's one we received from a listener named David. He wrote this, omitted from what Mr. Mar deemed as analysis, was the justification offered to the world for the rebellion of 1776, which was felt necessary to transform society. Those who invaded the Capitol building offered no justification others could critique. They were their own judges, respecting no one else, and they spurned the will of the people. In contrast, the theme of Black Lives Matter protest was not to ignore the rules, but to bring to our attention that we have not adhered to those rules as well as we should have this was the very opposite of insurrection. I could not agree with you more, David. We cover a lot of challenging opinions like insurrection is a positive force for society. I'm sure that you have your own takes on that and many other things, and we love to hear them. So please email us. It's hearmeout at slate.com. Hear Me Out is a podcast from Slate, The show is produced by Maura Curry, Ben Richmond is the Senior Director of Podcast Operations, and Alicia Montgomery is VP of Slate Audio, the greatest team in podcast history. I'm your host, Celeste Headley. Until next time, speak your mind, but keep it open.